I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Welcome to Sports Mall's Premier League preview podcast. My name is Pascal Lemaire and I'm here with Matt Law to run through this weekend's 10 games on Matchday 7. Last week we saw leaders Manchester City lose their 100% record as West Ham stunned another big boy on the road. City's rivals Manchester United are up to second thanks to two more well-taken goals from their bargain by Anthony Martial, while at the bottom, northeast duo Sunderland and Newcastle remain winless with two points from six games. Let's get to it then. The first game of the weekend takes place at White Hart Lane, with Spurs facing the leaders. Matt, let's start with the home side. They play Arsenal tonight in a big Capital One Cup game, but in terms of recent league form, they've been on you know decent form. Yeah, they have been in decent form. Yeah, I think, I think they needed it as well. Quite an underwhelming start to the season. Lost at United in their first game and probably a little bit unfortunate to lose there and next up against Stoke 2 new up and they drop points there as well a couple of draws after that which at Leicester and Everton not the, not the worst results in the world but like you mentioned the last two winning at Sunderland Sunderland obviously struggling themselves but away wins are always always impressive one in the Europa League as well but the bread and butter of the league last time out against Palace it was quite a, a sticky game for long spells wasn't it but they managed to get the goal through Sun and got and got the three points like you mentioned the Arsenal game is obviously a big one but in the league looking up now and up to ninth so it's not all bad for Spurs at the moment No it's not at all and you mentioned Son there and he's got three goals in two games now because of uh, he got those goals in the Europa League as well and he's looking like a good signing and certainly um, you know, taking the pressure off Kane isn't he because Kane's still there waiting for his first uh, first goal of the season for his club You know, he's got a couple for England didn't he but in terms of league form compared to where he was last season 31 goals in all competitions last season still waiting for that first goal this year so you know, he's got ground to make up, but Son certainly looks like a good signing. If he can keep finding some goals, and Ericsson is back in the team now as well after about a month out. So things are looking better for Spurs, even though Kane isn't scoring. Yeah, I think Deli Alli's worth a mention as well. I think he's come in and done quite well, isn't he? He's sort of only 19 years of age, obviously, coming to that team. And I think central midfield at the moment, obviously, Spurs have got their injuries in there. They've got a few players out, haven't they? And Deli Alli, not really a central midfielder, plays more 10, but he's been very good in there. And I think it's been important for Kane, isn't it? Six now without a goal this season. And very important for him to get off the score sheet and home to Manchester City would be a perfect chance to do that that's for sure it would be in this game certainly it's one of you know they've got a real tough run of fixtures coming up Spurs so I look at the, some of their next games they've got obviously City at home here and then the next four after that you've got Monaco away Swansea away Liverpool at home then Anderlet away two of those in Europe obviously so really tough for them but you know, in terms of their Premier League form, it has been pretty good they've won defeat in eight Premier League games three Premier League clean sheets in a row so they're doing well at the back and They'll certainly need to be, you know, keep doing well at the back. So they face City here, you know, the league leaders, Man City. I know that they are still on top of the table, but last time out, first league defeat of the season against West Ham. Really surprising result, wasn't it? I know West Ham have done well uh, on the road, winning at Liverpool and Arsenal, but I don't think many people really expect them to go and win at City as well. But such an impressive result for them. You know, went 2-0 up through Moses and Sacco. De Bruyne getting his first goal was really good. Such a good finish from him as well. But it's the first defeat of the season for City after that loss to Juventus as well. So a tough week for them was a tough week I think going back to the West Ham game it was probably the game if they play that 10 times they probably win it 9 times don't they their second half they, they did batter, batter West Ham that's for certain but West Ham like you say treble of wins this season been great and bounce back in the cup Man City 4-1 against Sunderland like you say it's very strong team. I think Kevin De Bruyne you mentioned getting on the score sheet again obviously 2-2 two two for him now a couple of assists as well and it's, it's an interesting period for City three of the next four in the Premier League after this game are, are at home to Newcastle Bournemouth and Norwich so they're looking at that run of form if they win if they win against Spurs which they will fancy their chances they've got some good games before the Manchester derby in there I think it's October 4th as well that's going to be a, a, or the week after that's after the international break that'll be a big game but plenty of injury troubles in there like I say defensively company Mangala but could return this weekend but interesting time for City yeah, it's be, I think it'd be interesting to see how the um, trio of Sterling, De Bruyne and Silva sort of in the future where they play because from what I've seen so far, De Bruyne certainly looks best playing in a central role but you'd have to say that's probably where Silva's best as well because you know if you put De Bruyne in that central position then you know Silva might have to go out to the right if, if Sterling's going to stay on the left and then you wonder if, if Silva's got the work ethic really to play down that wide you know where you've got track fullbacks and all that kind of thing so it could be certainly interesting to see how they line up this weekend but what's your score prediction? Uh, it's an interesting one, isn't it? You know, you mentioned Spurs at home, not been too good, but beat Palace last time out. I think, I think it'll be a tight game. Manchester City will fancy their chances, but I can see this one being a draw. I'm going to go one-one. 
One all, yeah. I think. I mean, I think City. You know, last time out losing to West Ham, I think they'll be really looking to bounce back from that. And I, I think they might just have the edge that they've had an extra day's rest from the midweek uh, League Cup game. So I'm back City to win two one. So uh, we got one draw and a City win. On to the three pm kickoffs now. First of those is Leicester against Arsenal. Pascal start with a home side, only unbeaten side in the league left this season. Yeah, such an impressive record for Leicester, isn't it? You have to say, you know, the way they finished last season and the way they've started this season. I know they've changed managers, Pearson gone and Ranieri in, but you have to say they've been fantastic. And last time out against Stoke, they came back from two goals down again, this time just getting a draw um, after that brilliant comeback against Villa the week before. And yeah, the game against Stoke, you know, they did start quite slowly in that one. And the goal that Wes Morgan gave away, you know, that dodgy back pass to Walters to make it 2 0, that did make it so hard for them. Because the first goal, you have to say, there wasn't really much they could do about it. It was such a fantastic pass from Arnautovic and a brilliant finish from Bojan. But the way they came back in the second half, you know, they got the penalty. Mares stuck it away. He's been fantastic this season. And then Vardy as well, you know, their other brilliant player to get them back to 2 2. The way they just keep coming back like this is so, so impressive from Leicester. And then. You know, midweek in the Capital One Cup, beating West Ham there to go through as well. They've just had a really, really excellent start to the season, unbeaten in all competitions. You have to say hats off to them, really. Yeah, it's been it's been unbelievable, really, isn't it? When you think about their struggles last season, that's put on that unbelievable run to stay up. And you touched on Mares there, and it's just been great, hasn't he? He's sort of come. No one really at the start of the season was picking out Mares to be, you know, one of the standout players. Whether he can continue it is is another thing. But he's had a hand in eight goals this season in the Premier League. Which, you know, more than any other player, five goals, three assists. It's just been been in such good form and Vardy as well you know he scored in three successive Premier League games for the first time obviously been involved with England this season and and it shows that players can come from the lower leagues obviously where he started to to come back up and and do what he's doing now he's a key player for them now and they've got options as well I think that's the best thing about Leicester you know they've got Kramerich who doesn't really get a game at the moment is Joa and he mentioned in the Carling Cup that Dodo scored the youngster Okazaki Mm. they've got so many players up there that contribute they've got players like Inler in midfield and Kante people like that and such strong at the moment, like you mentioned, through in the through in the cup as well, and I don't think that's a bad thing. It always helps confidence, and unbelievable from Leicester at the moment. Yeah, and I was just looking at their sort of record from sort of last season and this season. They've only lost to Chelsea in the last fifteen Premier League games. You know, winning ten of those games—that's thirty-four points out of forty-five that they could have taken. You know, they're pretty unbelievable considering that before this run they were eight without a win and. In the last four games, they've come from behind in each one to get to get at least a point, and only one team has ever done that. You know, in a longer sort of run in Premier League history, and that's Everton when they went six games. You know, coming from behind uh, between September and November 2012. So it just show you how impressive this feat is from Leicester recently. You know, it's, it's not been done by many other teams in recent Premier League history. Brilliant, yeah. Leicester like I say that they went this game full of confidence. Moving on to Arsenal. You know, it's, it's been the same old story, sort of pre-season, people talking about them maybe going on to win the league again, but second Premier League defeat of the season last time out against Chelsea would have entered that game, wouldn't say full of confidence, but but fancying their chances and maybe getting a draw there and same old game, it was, it was a scrappy game, wasn't it, to say the least, with the Diego Costa incident and Gabriel getting himself sent off and then Kurt Zuma sent Chelsea ahead and... At uh, 1-0, it was, it was almost it was game over, wasn't it? Because Zyder obviously got himself sent off late on and, and then Hazard deflected goal, made it 2-0. It's, sort of, it, uh, it's the sort of performance you see from Arsenal time and time again, the, the lack of a dominant player in the middle of the park. and To, to go to Chelsea and lose, it, on, the, on the balance, on the face of it, it is not you know, disastrous by any stretch of imagination, but they did lose their first game of the season home to West Ham. That's already two defeats. and it, I think the days are gone where you, you can maybe afford to lose five games to win the league. I think you can probably afford to lose now, lose more than that now to win the league. But Arsenal will be very keen to bounce back here because back-to-back defeats is, it would be really poor for them at this stage. Certainly was. I mean, the one good thing for them last weekend, I guess, was that Man City lost as well against West Ham. So they're still only five points behind the leaders. But obviously giving those points to Chelsea means that Chelsea are now not far behind Arsenal in the league. And yeah, I mean, the Costa Gabriel incident for me, it was so, such a bizarre thing. And I, I mean, the FAs, you know, they made their decision on, on Tuesday, didn't they? They rescinded Costa, uh, sorry, Gabriel's red card and then gave Costa a three-match ban. I mean, I think it might be a little bit harsh on Costa. I, mean, I think it's right that they didn't... Um, you know, stick by Gabriel's band because watching the replays back, it was so so soft. And I mean, personally, I think I saw you know some pundit saying it that maybe Costa crossed the line with his actions on Saturday, and I I probably have to agree with that. I think he's a he's good at ruffling feathers, but I think he did go a bit too far on Saturday. I don't know what you think. Yeah, I think I think there's a fine line, isn't there, between being a, a physical player and, and going past what the rules say you can do. And I think he did go past that. It was it was a poor moment from him, but. He gets away with it, doesn't he? That's what he seems to do. And Gabriel, you mentioned obviously Gabriel, they, they won that band. It'd be interesting to see whether he starts because they've got Per Mertesacker Zaka coming back now in the team after that chest infection. Quite a, quite a bad illness, I think. Uh, Koscielny obviously will expect to play. And I think we mentioned as well, Coquelin's a big one if, if he's fit for that. You know, he picked up a knee injury in the Chelsea game. If he isn't fit, who do they play central midfield? Corzola is obviously out, out as well. And 
you know, who do you play in there? It might be Chambers to play that defensive role, and they've got no one else in there that who can sit and in front of that back four and, and sort of provide the protection, which against Leicester they're going to need. Mares cutting in, and but I think the saving grace for Arsenal City did also lost at the weekend, didn't they? So five points behind. Uh, the leaders so it's not it's not disastrous but losing this game would be very poor it's an interesting one what's your score prediction for this one uh, yeah I think it's a really really tough game to call you know Leicester they just keep proving us wrong don't they every week we probably think they might start to tail off but I think uh, it's so hard to call I mean, Arsenal depends on how they get on against Spurs in the Capital One Cup obviously that that result might affect how they come into this game but I, I just I tended to think that Leicester are going to drop off sooner or later so I'm going to have to back you know the bigger team right here Arsenal I'm going to go for a 3-2 uh, Arsenal win 3-2 High-scoring game, yeah, I agree with an Arsenal win. Actually, you know, you'd fancy Leicester to maybe, you know, you talk about the form of the two teams to, to maybe do something special here. But I think Arsenal, they do tend to win when they really need to, don't they? I understand they need to win at Chelsea last week, but they do tend to do that when they do. So I'm actually just going to go two-one, slightly less goals, but still an Arsenal win. So we can both see Arsenal winning this game, picking up all three points. Okay, to Anfield, where struggling Liverpool take on Aston Villa. Matt, let's start with the host. They're really struggling at the moment. They are really struggling. It's surprising, really. They had a good couple of results to start this season, didn't they? One at Stoke is obviously always a tough game, and then one at home to Bournemouth. I think both of those were, were very unconvincing 1 0 wins, weren't they? Especially the Bournemouth one, they were very convincing, like you say, since then. Four without a win. Arsenal, they played very well at Arsenal, in fairness. Probably should have won that game, shouldn't they, when they went to the Emirates? But next time out, lost 3 0 at home to West Ham, which was a, a bizarre, bizarre result, to say the least. And then going to their big rivals, Manchester United. Again, probably first half, not much in it. Got well beat in the second half. And I think the last one, last time out, was a big one, wasn't it? I think that everyone's talking about the Norwich at home. Okay, Norwich have, have had a good start to the season. They're a good team under Alex Neil, But Norwich at home is, is a game that the home supporters and the team would have expected to win. Obviously, Danny, Danny Ings getting his first goals. It was a positive to send them 1-0 ahead. But not too long after that, Russell Martin pops up, you know, the free-scoring defender with, with an equaliser. And... Even at that stage, there was plenty of time to go on and, and win the game, but it was disappointing. I mean, even Daniel Sturridge obviously came back into the team, but I think it's it's a big thing, isn't it, to expect Sturridge to come straight back in and contribute. He's been out for such a long time, especially an injury of that magnitude up there with Benteke's change of formation. How does he fit all the players in he's got? And interesting, like I say, it's, it's, it's been a really disappointing run of games, and I think they'll be keen to get back to winning ways here, obviously, but a lot of pressure on the home side, that's for certain. Yeah, and so much pressure to score goals as well. You know, they've only scored four goals in those six league games this season. That's that's where they've really been struggling because you know their defence looked pretty good at the start of the season, but goals has been a real problem. Obviously, like you mentioned, good for Ings to get his first goal, and obviously Sturridge coming back is a big boost to them because you know he he offers certainly a different option to Benteke. You know, Benteke much more physical, but you know Benteke had to go off at half time. You know, he's now potentially a doubt for this game you know and it's a big game for Benteke here obviously against the club that he left last summer so he'd be desperate to play in this one but if he can't play then you know Sturridge might be rushed back maybe for another start we don't know if he's quite ready for you know two starts in a week like this because it was a bit of a surprise to see him come in wasn't it you know because not many people predicted him to and he also didn't look quite on the ball but I think if he if he can come back and start scoring goals then it'd be massive because they they are looking really like they're really struggling up front at the moment they are struggling strangely well isn't it when you think about the, the type of team the top of summer they had in terms of spending money Origi obviously came back in on the loan spurs and really had a kick Ings came in Benteco Firmino there's a lot of players there you'd expect to contribute but disappointing so far and I think this game is I said the Norwich game was a big one this is even bigger for me because you look at their run coming after this and it's it's absolutely horrible obviously got the big Merseyside derby against Everton play Spurs as well Southampton Chelsea Palace City Swansea in next seven and you probably if you were handpicking some games you couldn't probably do worse than that if you're a Liverpool fan they've got some incredibly hard games coming up and when you're four games without a win entering that run of form if that becomes five here at home to an Aston Villa side who are sitting in 17th then you know you quickly go towards that relegation zone and it's a really big game for Liverpool and of course Brendan Rodgers who's under a bit of pressure going into this game so it's, it's, it's arguably the biggest game of the weekend when you talk about what's at stake yeah, certainly, and you mentioned Rogers under pressure there. Certainly, another manager under pressure, Tim Sherwood, because you know they started the season pretty well. They had that away game at Bournemouth. You know that was always going to be a tough game going to Bournemouth, their first ever Premier League game at home, and they managed to get a one 0 win there. Rudiger stayed with that header, but since then it's just one point out of fifteen in the league, and you know that the point they did get was home against Sunderland, who are bottom of the league. You know that two-two draw, so. It has been a very, very poor run of form for Villa. You know, last time out, a home to West Brom. It's another game they probably would have thought it's a chance for us to get some points on the board here, but not being able to score. You know, the goal they lost out to, that Berahino goal, was, it was quite fortunate. You know, the shot came towards him and he just stuck his foot out and then it just, you know, ricocheted in, but they couldn't get on the score sheet. And that was, you know, the week before they had that 2-0 lead against Leicester and threw that away to lose 3-2. So they have really, really been struggling in the league now. And like you say, just above the bottom three at the moment. 
Yeah, like I say, we've really been struggling. They've actually lost lost six and won just one of their last eight Premier League games, and no team has lost more Premier League games in 2015 than Aston Villa 16 level with Newcastle. When you think about how bad they were at the end of last season, and I mean, lucky Villa did stay in the league because if they'd have gone out, it'd been a lot of trouble. I mean, they they had a big summer though, didn't they? You look at those players they bought in; they spent a lot of money. Bought players in in the final third. I mean, I went to the Manchester United Aston Villa game earlier in the season, and it was interesting seeing the way Villa set up. It was, it was very wide, but then Agbon Lahore through the middle. They don't really get enough service in there, and then it became long ball when Gested came on late on. But like you mentioned, Gested did get on the score sheet, didn't he, against against Birmingham in, in midweek in the in the League Cup, which was massive for the fans. I think if he loses that as well, Sherwood, he's he's under even more pressure than he was, but. Going back to the bread and butter of the league, you know that's that's what is going to be important for Aston Villa this season. It's always nice to have a cup run, but to to, to go, go in the league, go to Liverpool. It's not against Liverpool side that are out of form, but it's, it's always tough going to Liverpool. And interesting one, but interesting. None of the last eight meetings between Aston Villa and Liverpool in the Premier League have ended as a home win. So you look at that, and you think you know Villa might stand a chance, but tough game. But you know, there's no reason why they can't go there and, and maybe cause a shock. No, certainly not the way Liverpool have been playing, and that's that's obviously interesting. I think. You know, Liverpool certainly want to put that right here and they'll definitely start the game as favourites even though they are out of form but what's your score prediction? I just fancy Liverpool here yeah it's, uh, it's one of those I think it'll be maybe a similar game to the Bournemouth game at Anfield only the second game of the season where Villa might have some chances if they can take them they might stand a chance but but for me Liverpool will just just edge it 1-0 Yeah I'm actually going to completely agree with you I think it could be a very tight game there's, there's sure to be nerves you know well, more from Liverpool probably because of just you know, especially you know, there's talk of some of the fans maybe turning up dressed as Jurgen Klopp. You know, they're going to buy the glasses and the tracksuit and the baseball hat. It'd be interesting to see if that happens. And you know, the club's been linked with Ancelotti this week. Jurgen Klopp's the rumours still are there for that. But so it's a big, big game for Rogers. But I think his side might just eke out a one-nil win. So, mostly Liverpool winning this game one-nil. Moving on to another big side in the northwest, Manchester United. They're at home to Sunderland. Pascal start with the home side, up to second position in the table now. Yeah, things certainly looking better for them, aren't they? Back-to-back Premier League wins. You had that Champions League defeat at PSV in there. But in terms of the league, yeah, two good results. And I think most impressively, they scored three in both of those games as well, you know, against Liverpool and Southampton. So that's that's the most impressive thing. And of course, uh, Mr. Martial, the bargain buys, he's now being called. You know, there was everyone's retweeting that picture of the uh, Daily Mirror back page with the uh, massive headline, what a waste of money. But he started his United career fantastically. And all three goals, really, really good finishes, just so, so composed in front of goal the one against Liverpool really stood out for me the way obviously he went past Skirtle and then to pick out the far corner like he did was so impressive but going back to that Southampton game I think certainly I think certainly the Saints can feel uh, hard done by there I think they probably should have got something out of the game they, they they matched United for the large parts of that game and but for some brilliant De Gea saves they could have easily got something there but you know United, United ground it out and like I say up to second only two points behind City now so things certainly looking a lot better for them they are certainly looking a lot better. I think not many people predicted Manchester United to launch a strong title challenge this season. I'm not saying that, that they will do, but obviously sitting two points off top of the table at the moment, and you look at the games, you know, so I know it's always easy to go back, but you look at the Newcastle game where they probably should have won, and see they lost at Swansea as well. But last time against Southampton, I think the main story you touched upon is, is the young man Martial, of, which was, you know, it's, it's been an unbelievable start to his career, and if he scores against Sunderland, he'll become the first player to score in each of his first three league games at Manchester United. You talk about the players that have played for the club down the years, and if he can have that, you know, in his, in his Arsenal as well, it'd be great. Player of 19, to show the ability he has, all the pressure he's under, the price tag, everyone's on his back saying he's going to fail even before he started, which which is, you know, the, the case with a lot of big money buys. There's always so much pressure put on them. But to come in and do what he did against Southampton, I mean, the, the first goal was, was, was great, you know, the way he showed ability inside the box. But I think the second one as well, it'd been so easy to, under that pressure, to either fire at the goalkeeper or fire it wide of the post. But the way he picked out the corner... Obviously, United then took a 3-1 lead and and uh, repelled a bit of late Southampton pressure, which is it's never easy. Never when Manchester United are involved, that's for certain. And you know, good run of form, like you mentioned, back-to-back wins, and they they do enjoy playing South Sunderland. So, you know, Sunderland only defeated Manchester United in on one occasion in the last 26 league games. They lost 19 times in the process, so they do enjoy playing against Sunderland. And I think that they will really fancy their chances of putting another three points on the board here. Yeah, they certainly will. You know, like you mentioned about Martial being in such good form, but I think certainly. You know Memphis. He needs to start playing a bit better in the league for me. You know he's, he's shone in Europe, and the bit of skill he did for Matter's goal, that step over and then quick turn, hit the post. It, that would have been a fantastic goal if it had gone in. But I think his performances. You know he needs to certainly improve. You know over the course of ninety minutes and deliver more often in games for United in the league specifically. And and Rooney as well. You know he was the stats for Rooney from that Southampton game really didn't read very well. I don't think he created a single chance. No assists. No goals. You know. Didn't see much of the ball. His, you know, passing wasn't great. His, a lot of and most of his passes that he did do went backwards. 
You know, he's certainly not. He's he's not enjoying himself at the moment, Rui, and he's got to improve. And if he's not on song, there's defensive injuries as well. You know, we know that Luke Shaw's got that horrific injury from the PSV game. Marcus Rojo's probably going to be out here, so it'd be interesting to see what he does at the back. Whether it's uh, Darmian out to left back and then Valencia right back, that might just be an area where Sunderland think they can punish United because if they are weak anywhere at the moment, it's probably defence midfield. There's so many options in central midfield for them, but defence is probably the weakest area of their team. Yeah, certainly in the moment, defences, I think it, it looked okay, didn't it? No one was really calling for another injury when Bling came in and did quite well. But now they've got their injuries as a problem. And that's something that Sunderland, you know, might be able to have some joy with. But, you know, you talk about the Black Cats are on a nine-game winless streak in the Premier League, obviously dating back to last season, which is the longest run in, in the competition at the moment. And, you know, it's just been sitting bottom of the table, only won one of their last 14 Premier League away games. And last time out, went to Bournemouth. Bournemouth, you know, had been been okay this season. You wouldn't say they've been great, but... Uh, it would have set his team out the visitors would have gone there and thought you know maybe we can do something here but nine minutes into the game they're, they're two nil behind and at this level of football you know it's game over Sunderland did have a goal disallowed which was quite harsh and I think Barini did quite well obviously he was a big money signing he came in, did, came into the team did quite well linked well with Defoe but to go two nil down and obviously have Kabul sent off late on it's, it's just going that way for Sunderland at the moment they struggled last season only just stayed up I think they picked a good point up at Arsenal, didn't they, to, to keep themselves in the league, all the celebrations with the fans and money spent in the summer. They'd have thought maybe we can push higher up the table this season, but sitting rock bottom after six games, two points on the board, and this is not a game they'd fancy their chances of, of getting anything from, to, if we're honest. Yeah, just looking at that Bournemouth game a bit closer, I think certainly Kabul, he's certainly become uh, sort of the comedy character, really, hasn't he? You know, maybe the most the funniest signing that any club has made recently, just because of some of how bad his performances, some some of his performances have been. You know, the way Callum Wilson just rolled him for that first goal, it's just it's such amateur defending. You know, when the ball's coming into you, you must have felt the striker sort of putting his weight onto that side, and he just let him roll him so easily, and then to get sent off after that as well, really, really poor. And they've been in action midweek since then. You know. It was always going to be a tough tie at home to Manchester City in the League Cup, but I think they they conceded four goals in like before the 40-minute mark. And I know City put out a really strong team. I think a lot of people were surprised to see Aguero, uh, Sterling, and De Bruyne all start there. But Sunderland had a you know they had one of their strongest teams out as well. And it doesn't matter if it's the League Cup, the League, whatever competition. If you've got a half decent side out, even if you're playing the best team in the country, you're still in the same league as them. You shouldn't concede four goals in 40 minutes. It's just not good enough from them. And certainly, I think Dick Avocat must be thinking in his head you know I shouldn't have come back to this I should have just retired like I initially said I was going to he must be regretting that decision now because he's probably thinking I'm probably going to go soon you know they're going to get they're going to they're going to give me the chop soon and try someone else try another rescue act again this season and he probably just wished that he'd stayed you know on holiday all summer and not come back <laughs> yeah I think it was an interesting one was it? I think his wife was, was very against the decision so it'd be interesting to see the, the advocate home at the moment where that's quite a nice place to be because his wife didn't want him to come back he did come back and now it's all going very wrong so it's obviously a tough game for Sunderland, but you look at the last five games against Manchester United, and, and in terms of scoreline, they've been quite close. They lost 2-0 last season at Old Trafford in the corresponding fixture, but they've had a 1-1 draw at their own patch, and then you look at the last few results, 1-0 to Sunderland, 2-1 Manchester United, 2-1 Sunderland. So it's not a fixture, although United have got a good record, that they've really absolutely, certainly not in recent history, absolutely blazed Sunderland. And fa- people fancy, they fancy maybe United getting a big win here. Can you see a comfortable three points for the hosts? I think it'll be fairly comfortable. I don't think they'll blow them away. I think Sunderland will go there and try and make it as difficult as they can. Um, but I think United, yeah, they, sh- they should be able to beat the team that's bottom of the league here. So I'm going to go for a 2-0 home win. 2-0, yeah, I'm actually going to completely agree. I think, you know, you might think United would go and sort of maybe do a job, do a 4-5-0 job on them, which might have been the case in the past. But you don't really see that too much from United anymore, especially they go 2-0 up and keep it quite tight. So I'm actually going to completely agree, go for a 2-0 home win. So we can both see Manchester United picking up all three points here fairly comfortably. Moving on to one of the tougher games to call this weekend as Southampton take on Swansea. Matt, will start with Southampton. Just one win all season. They're sitting in 16th place. Yeah, it hasn't been a great start to the season, has it? When you think when you talk about their start to the season last term, I think they were sitting around second place at this time and everyone was talking about what they can do this season, whether they can finish in the top four. But like you say, six points from six games is not, you know, it's not it's not absolutely terrible. It's, it's not great though, is it? And last time out, I think, was a, was a big game for them, wasn't it? At home to Manchester United and ended up losing the game 3-2, which was, you know, they made such a bright start, didn't they? Pella got the goal 13 minutes in, which was very much deserved after, you know, a cracking ball in. OK, David De Gea made a great save, but Pella was there to, to finish and Pella had a great chance. They need to make it 2-0 after that sort of dumbling and then and whacked it against the post. And I think if that goes in, it's, it's a very different game. United scored against the runner play, didn't they, with Martial, 34 minutes on the clock. And then the standout moment for me in the game was, was the Yoshida back pass, wasn't it? And the same thing happened last season in the corresponding game where it was Font that time, wasn't it, playing it to Van Persie. And uh, 
it, you can't really legislate for defensive mistakes like that. You looked at Ronald Koeman on the bench and he was sort of head in hand, shaking his head. Matic gets the goal for 3-1 and I think from that stage it's game over. Southampton then, start, Southampton then started playing again, got the goal back in the 86th minute, but just a little bit too late. Peller obviously got another double, he's in good form. I think Mane played quite well and maybe a little bit keen to go down when, when maybe he could have been running forward. I think they played, they played really well, but to, to play well and lose as well. I think at this stage of the season, it's points and performances that matter, that matter the most. And like you mentioned, six points sitting down in 16th, you know, only three points outside the relegation zone. So they, they need to come return to form as soon as possible. Yeah, they do. I mean, it was good for Pelle to get his brace. And the problem with him is all his goals tend to come at St Mary's. You know, he scored 16 Premier League goals uh, for Southampton since he joined last summer. And 14 of those have come at St Mary's. So he's got to sort out his, you know, scoring more goals away from home because generally that's where Southampton struggle more on the road and look at their overall Premier League form if you date back to last season because they finished last season quite sloppily you know they probably should have finished fifth last season you know above Liverpool and Spurs and they did drop to seventh in the end and they've won just two of their last 12 Premier League matches you know that's that's a poor run of form going back to last season and but the problem is it's, it's not really for the want of trying you know that they keep having loads of shots this season they've had more shots uh, than anyone else in the Premier League 83 in their six games so you know they are they are creating chances, but it's it's just they're not putting the chances away. And they did do that against Manchester United, put those two goals away, and obviously it could have been more, but for a couple of great saves from De Gea. But up the other end, they conceded three, and those mis- defensive mistakes are costing them. So good in some areas, you know they're getting off their shots, but defensively, when they do get off a lot of shots, they're they're leaking a lot of goals. So it's just not quite they haven't found quite find the right balance yet. No, I don't think how Toby out of world not being able to keep him. I think is a big one, isn't he? He was very good, formed a good partnership with Fonte last season at the back and. Interesting. Go back to the United game briefly. It was interesting to me that Cedric didn't start a right back. He's had a great start, and obviously Yoshida came in because of his defensive attributes. But I'm not too sure about Yoshida. It always worries me if I was a Southampton fan. I wouldn't be too keen in that. I mean, you mentioned Southampton's form, and, and then you just have to look ahead to the next four league games, and they're tough. Obviously, it licks three after this. Obviously, they play Swansea here, which is a tough game. They go to Chelsea on the third of September, third uh, of October. Then there's the international break. They host Leicester, and, and in seasons gone by, that might be a home banker, but not with this Leicester team. Not the way they're playing which is incredible and then they go to Liverpool after that at the end of the month so a Liverpool side who you know things might be looking a little bit different for them by the time that, that fixture rolls around so got some okay fixtures after that but if that win, losing run you know they lose, if that if they don't win here and then they get beat at Chelsea draw against Leicester maybe lose at Liverpool they might you know they might find themselves in the relegation zone so I think this is a really big game for Southampton that's for sure it's a big game for Swansea as well, though, because Southampton, they haven't won any of their last two Premier League games, but neither of Swansea. Last time out, last weekend, they hosted Everton. You know, that was, that was a big game between two sides with aspirations of, you know, getting into that top six places. And it finished as a 0-0 draw, which I think when you watch the game back, I think Swansea might be happier with it than Everton because even though Swansea, they had the odd couple of chances, they would probably maybe edge the first half. But in the second half, Everton did play really well, sort of inspired by Barkley. They had another good game. You know, they had some really good chances, Everton, that one that... Um, I think it was Galloway got where he rolled his defender in the box and it wasn't the easiest of chances, especially for a defender, but for him to drag it wider the goal like he did, he should have at least hit the target from there. So that was a big miss from Everton's point of view and I think Swansea can perhaps count themselves a little lucky they did get something from that game and they had a chance in midweek to sort of you know right the wrongs against the championship side now in Hull, but they went to the KC Stadium, losing 1-0 there, so out of the cup as well now just faltering in the league a little bit they're still there in 7th place but faltering a little bit and maybe the wheels coming off after such a fantastic August for them yeah you mentioned the wheels coming off slightly I mean maybe a little bit harsh isn't it but the only picked up a point from the last couple of league games as you mentioned let, lost at Watford sorry and then drew of Everton obviously lost at Hull as well in the cup but I think lack of goals is, is maybe a problem isn't it you know last three games no goals and it's not not to say that they're going to struggle to score goals this season because you look at the players they've got Gomez is obviously he's, he's had his chance now that obviously after Bunny went and he's done very well he's got four and six this season in the league Ayu as well has got three and six had a good start but I think they need to be a little bit careful that though the goals don't dry up there because you look at their midfield and while Shelf is a, is a very good player Key's a good player he's a player like Sigurdsson Sigurdsson hasn't scored this season I mean, he got a lot of goals last season so I think if Gomez that throughout you know he, he goes a couple more games without scoring Swansea might suddenly have a problem but I don't think it's panic stations yet they're sitting 7th in the league 9 points from 6 games is a good start but after they beat Manchester United they're the fancy following that up you know going to Watford but, uh, and obviously at home to Everton but to, to not win in the last two is slightly disappointing but you mentioned this is a big game big game for both sides and uh, it, it should be an entertaining one 
Yeah, we obviously I mentioned that Swansea have had a fantastic August, but their record, their Premier League record in September is actually pretty rubbish. You look back at it, it's, they've only won three of their 16 Premier League games in the month of September, so it's kind of a historic thing for them that they might, they get off to good starts in August, but then they tail off a bit, so there's something they need to put right soon, and chance to do it here against Southampton. It should, it's quite a tough game to call. What's your score prediction? Yeah, it's a tough game to call. I mean, you look interestingly, you'd expect games involving these two teams to produce a lot of goals, but there only been seven goals in the last six league games between between these two teams, which is, I think is a touch surprising when you think about the amount of quality both teams have got. And it's a tight one. I'm just going to go draw, actually. I think I think both teams have, uh, would be keen not to lose the game rather than, you know, go for the win. So we're just going to go 1-1. One all, yeah. I think I'm just going to side with Southampton here. I think they have been playing, you know, especially last week. They certainly played better. You know, they they played pretty well against Manchester United. There, there was that poor defensive mistake to give away one goal, and um, I think they generally play quite well in that game. So I think I'm just going to pick Southampton to win this one two one. So we've got one draw and a Southampton win. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. After the Britannia Stadium now is Stoke City welcome Bournemouth. Pascal, start with the home side. It's been their worst ever start to a Premier League season. What's gone wrong? Well, it's hard to pinpoint exactly what's gone wrong. You know, last time out against Leicester, one of their three draws this season. That's all they've got. They're still without a Premier League win this season. And against Leicester, you know, that's a you know they threw that game away, didn't they? Two 0 up in the first half. The first goal they scored was an absolutely brilliant goal. I think it's the sort of goal that the fans maybe were expecting with some of the quality players that Stoke have got there. The way that Arnautovic cut in from the left and he threaded that ball through to uh, Boyan who finished it brilliantly at the near post such a you know cool what first time finish and then the second goal was just a complete gift wasn't it from Leicester Wes Morgan under hit the back pass and Johnny Walters who he looked like he might be moving in the summer but he managed, he stayed at the club and he stuck that one away and at 2-0 you think Stoke 2-0 at home that should be game over really but if there's one team you don't want to play when you're behind at the moment it's Leicester because they've just got this incredible resolve they managed to fight back and you know, the way Stoke conceded those goals, they won't be happy with the way Leicester got back in the game and it's a draw where they really should have won the game and yeah, still waiting for that first win of the season, sitting there in the bottom three, eighteenth place, and like you said, worst ever start to a league season, a Premier League season, so really, really poor from them. Has been poor, isn't it? I think it's it's even more surprising for me when you look at the squad they've got, the squad that Mark Hughes has assembled there. I mean, they've got players going forward, as you mentioned Boyan coming back, which is, is very important. He he's gonna be a, a very important player for them this season, was last season before See the the big injury that he picked up and bringing in Shakiri as well. I mean, it's not really been mentioned, is it, Shakiri? You know, he's done okay. He's done bits and bobs in the games, but hasn't scored yet in the league. And Odomwini's obviously been injured. Arnautovic is a player I like. If he's got unbelievable abilities, only scored once. Look at midfield. Got Afalai's come in, no goals for him yet. Stephen Lyon's got no goals in five. Van Ginkel's done okay. I mean, they've got some really good players, especially going forward. And you think you think the fact they haven't won in six games and sitting down in 18th is is a surprise for me when you look at the team that put. I think they might have gone too far away from. You remember Stoke being a very solid team, very difficult to play against. They're trying to go expansive now, and whether that's that they're really struggling to make that change is maybe an interesting point. But at the minute, it's not it's not a well for the Potters. Certainly not. I mean, in midweek they did get that win over Fulham in the Capital One Cup, so they've won. You know, they're, they're through in the cup. They've won both games there. That was against Fulham, who aren't doing all that well in the Championship, so it's not that impressive. But the thing for me is is the defence. You know, that's what Stoke since they came up to the Premier League. That's what they've been famous for. They're yet to keep a clean sheet in the league this season, and you have to say that's probably largely down to Ryan Shawcross not being there. It's a massive blow him not being there and. When you just look back at Leicester's goals, if you pinpoint those two from the weekend, the first one's a clumsy, clumsy challenge on drink water, gives away a penalty, Mares sticks it away. And then the second one, you know, Mares is probably the sort of slim build, very short, you know, he's one of the smallest players in the league. He pretty much won a free header there and just flicked it onto Vardy, who goes away and sticks it in because. You'd have to say that Jack Butland's been perhaps the Premier League's best goalkeeper this season. He's made a lot of saves, you know, since the Hayes been back. Obviously, he's impressed as well. But the amount of saves that Butland's made, you'd probably say that Stoke should have conceded more than they have done because he's been a real shining light for them. And defensively, is where they're really struggling. They're giving opponents way too many chances. I look at this stat here: Chelsea, which is a surprise in itself. Chelsea are the only team that have allowed opponents more shots on target than Stoke this season. So. Just shows that they're just they're making they're making Butland do far too much work. He, a lot of the time he is saving them, but he shouldn't be having to make a lot of these saves because the defence they're just giving up far too many chances. 
Yeah, they are giving up far too many chances at the moment. It's, it's a big game for them here as well, coming in against a Bournemouth side who, a couple of good results last few weeks, you know, Sunderland last week, obviously lost at Norwich on the 12th of September, which was disappointing, but returned to winning ways against Sunderland and I think the story of that game was Matt Ritchie's goal, wasn't it, in the, in the ninth minute, it was a super strike, wasn't it, into the top corner, he's got he's got a great left foot, hasn't he, and to get that in, but Callum Wilson as well, joint top scorer in the Premier League this season with five goals and... He's had a great start to the season. You mentioned Butland. I think he'll need to be in good form to keep out Wilson because he's, he's a player that's really impressed me. He's had lots of sort of ability, hasn't he? Lots of runs, lots of shots and, and, and everything else, which has been good. Pugh's been good in the team. Sermon's had a good start to the season. And, and then the Cup as well. You know, they had a good win at Preston. Needed penalties, but it was a much-changed team. You know, people like Stanislas came into the team, players like that. And I think it shows the depth of Bournemouth squad. You know, they're a newly promoted team, but but they've got some good depth in there, haven't they? Players like Joshua King up front. I know he hasn't got a great scoring record, but he's a player that can uh, harm defences, that's for sure. And last couple of results, good. And, you know, maybe looking for a third successive win here. And they, they, they play Watford after this, so it's another game they fancy winning. So it's, it's looking good for Bournemouth at the moment. Yeah, I'll certainly say that the next two games for Bournemouth, Stoke here, we mentioned the Stoke below. You you wouldn't have expected Stoke to be below Bournemouth after six games of the season, but they are below them. So this is a chance for Bournemouth here, and then they host Watford at home in the next one. That's a big, big game, you know, two newly promoted sides. So the next two are big games for Bournemouth. I think Eddie Howe probably want four points out of six from these two, because after that, they go to Manchester City, host Tottenham Hotspur, and then go to Southampton in the next three games. That's a That's a tough run for them after that, and... You have to say that Bournemouth, I look at the stat here, they, they've, they've covered more ground than any other Premier League team. So they've got the energy there, they're working really hard. And when you're a team that's, you know, Bournemouth, they are a small club, you know, they've got a small stadium there, they've, they've risen, you know, this is their first ever season in the top flight. So they're not a well-established club, you know, they're, they're not going to be able to attract some of the big-name players, but they've covered more ground than anyone else in the league this season. So Eddie Howe's got them working really hard and that endeavour will, will win them some points this season. If they're not playing well and they're just they're tracking their man, they're, they're working really hard, that will get them some points this season. So that that's the sort of stat you want to see if you're, if you're trying to stay up. Yeah, you mentioned stats. I mean, here's one that Stoke City fans will, will not want to see. I mean, you mentioned they haven't won in six games. Only 25 teams have failed to win open, their, any of their opening seven Premier League games in the new season. And over half have been relegated. So 13 out of 25. So... Stoke, if they don't get a win here, they're in that that brand as well. So, I mean, interesting talking about the score prediction. These two sides haven't met since 2002, February 2002, and that was back in League One. So, it talks about how far, you know, especially how far Bournemouth have come. You know, we all know about their rise through the league. Stoke as well, you know, they were down there and Bournemouth won 3 1 on that day. So, can you, can you see a repeat of this one? What's your score prediction? It's a, it's a really tough game to call, I think. Stoke, I, I really don't think a lot of their games, they have been that bad. It's just been, like I said, defensive mistakes, giving up too many shots. And I think. I think they might just have a little bit too much of Bournemouth here. I'm going to go for a 2-1 home win. 2-1 home win. I'm actually going to completely agree. I was thinking 2-1. You talk about Bournemouth. They go there full of confidence, but Stoke need a win, don't they? And you fancy that they will will be able to pick up all three points here. So I'm actually going to completely agree and go 2-1. So we can both see Stoke City picking up the narrowest of three points here. To the last of the 3pm kickoffs as West Ham take on Norwich. Matt, will start with West Ham. They're up to third in the table after yet another incredible away performance. Was an incredible away performance, wasn't it? Going to Manchester City and winning two one. It's just following on from their two previous away games as well. You know, the first three games away games of the season. Sorry, Arsenal first game of the season, Liverpool, Manchester City, winning all three of those games. Two 0 at Arsenal, three 0 at Liverpool, two one at Manchester City last time out. Conceding once, you know, let alone winning all those games, but conceding mm-hmm. once and scoring seven times in those three away games is absolutely bizarre. I think I read that it was over. If, I think one lucky punter had. West Ham to win their first three away games of the season it was over a thousand to one so you're talking about that kind of you know unlikelihood of that happening and I mentioned the Manchester City game last time out it was you know they started really well on the front for Victor Moses who's come in and done really well wasn't he on loan from Chelsea got the sixth minute goal another assist from Payet who's, who's been great himself he's, he's, he's a lovely lovely player isn't he got nice ability on the ball and then the second goal was always going to be important if City get it then you fancy City to go and win the game but Sacco it was an untidy goal wasn't it from City's point of view some poor defending but to go 2-0 ahead at Manchester City the goal before half time for City I think I think I thought at the time would be a big one you know 2-1 Kevin De Bruyne getting a, a, a nice finish from outside the box but West Ham in the second half they took a lot of pressure but defensively they were excellent you know James Tonkins and Reed at the back I think Reed coming back for them has, has been massive at the tail end of last season he's been very good especially the start of this season and Noble in midfield he's had a great start to the season Very, they had to ride their luck don't get me wrong Adrian had to make a couple of great saves and you look at the stats in that game you know City had six shots on target you know you look at maybe they would touch they would touch unlucky to lose that game but to go there and win you know their away games picked up 12 points all on the road uh, sorry three points came at home but, but nine away from home has been such a good start to the season 
It really has, yeah. And like you mentioned there, you know, they did ride their luck a little bit against City, but you have to say they're just they're taking their chances well this season. Their conversion rate, twenty nine percent of their shots have, have let, resulted in goals this season, which is the best conversion rate out of anybody. So it just shows you they are taking their chances and you know, especially say the Moses opener against City, you know, that was, you know, a half chance at best and People people might question Joe Hart getting beat at his near post, but for me it was the crispest low strike right inside the near post. I thought it, it was a perfect strike right in the corner, and that just shows that they're taking their chances. You know, Paye's goal the week before against Newcastle, that opener that he scored, you know, from the edge of the box right into the top corner. They just you know pinpoint shots that they're scoring really good goals, and they're taking their chances. And Sacco took his chance. You know, like you said, that scruffy goal. Andy Carroll he came back in midweek. You know, they did they did suffer defeat at Leicester City in the League Cup uh, in, in extra time going down. It looked for all the world like that game was going to penalties. I think it was the 116th minute that Cross came in, and I think Slaven Bilic will be disappointed about the way that you know Andy King was allowed to peel off towards the back post and head that one in. So they're out of the cup, which is disappointing. I think they would have quite fancied a cup run, especially the way they, you know, they did perform badly in the Europa League before the start of the season. The way they went out in that competition, not even making it to the group stage, was disappointing. So I think they would have fancied a cup run. It's not going to happen now, but in terms of their league form, they've been superb and third in the table. Some some displays. Has been, they've been great. I think interesting stat for me as well. They've used 24 different players in the Premier League this season, which is two more than the other side. I think that shows the the depth they've got now. You look through their squad; they've got some really good players now. Obviously, Valencia is still out at the moment. People forget about him. Or Bonner's injured. Alex Song as well. You know, came back. It's still it's still on the sidelines. They've got some very good strength and depth there. And you look at the fixtures coming up. They've got some interesting games. They obviously host Norwich here. They go to Sunderland. Uh, the next weekend, the weekend after the third of October, and that's a interesting. You know, the waveform certainly won't be won't be fearful of that game then they go to Palace after the international break then they host Chelsea so it's, it's some interesting games if they can get through those you know maybe a couple more wins and, and a point here or there they'll, they'll probably still be in the top four which you know, they're only three points off Man City at the moment going into this weekend you know leave the table and to go to Arsenal like I mentioned and Liverpool and City and win is very very impressive and this is a real test though back at home and the home supporters will be expecting a win yeah, they certainly will be. Norwich, you know, most people might have earmarked this one at the start of the season. Home against the playoff, the team that came up through the playoffs is a very winnable game. But Norwich have, you know, they've been pretty good this season. I've been very impressed with Norwich. I have to say, even as an Ipswich fan, you know, I have to say, Norwich, they have impressed me. And no more so than last weekend when they go to Anfield and get a draw there. You know, I think the, the mood at Anfield was pretty good before that game, especially with Daniel Sturridge making his return. I think the Liverpool supporters might have been expecting, you know, uh, Liverpool's put a few past Norwich there because in their previous away game Norwich they got beat 3-0 at Southampton largely dominated in that game and I think most people would have expected Liverpool to perhaps run right there but it wasn't the case they did get the goal Liverpool they did go in front uh, through Danny Ings shortly after half time but Norwich hit back Russell Martin another great finish from him that's his third goal this season he's the highest scoring defender with three goals and that was the best of the bunch the way he just brought it down and lifted it with the outside of his boot on the volley uh, over Mignolet fantastic finish for a centre back and then they, they had chances to go and win that game in the second half of Norwich. So to take it, but, but even though they did have chances to win it, you'd have to say, to get a point at Anfield, I think certainly Alex Neal would be happy with that. And they're sitting 11th in the table, and it's been a very solid start. It's been a solid start. You mentioned, obviously, you know, the start of the season, sitting at eight points at the moment in 11th position, which is, which is fine. I mean, sixth place Everton have got nine points. They're only one point off, off the top six at this stage. And after six games in, that's a very impressive start. And I think you mentioned touch on Alex Neal. He, I, you get you get a good feeling about him. He's, he's a very knowledgeable. He's still, still a young manager, isn't he? But he, he obviously knows what he's talking about. Whenever he says something, it, it has meaning behind it. He doesn't just talk enough for the sake of it. And he knows he knows what he wants from his from his team there. And interestingly, he takes some big decisions. You know, selling Bradley Johnson to Derby, who was you know last season so impressive. He takes big decisions. Felt that like that wasn't right. I mentioned one all the start of the season. They only lost one game. They lost three 0 at Southampton, which I think they were poor on that day. But apart from that, you know, beaten Bournemouth. Drawn with Stoke as well, and you know, important that one at Sunderland start of the season and lost lost the Palace as well. Sorry, they've lost two games, lost the Palace as well. But the start of the season has been very impressive. Got some interesting games coming up as well. Like I mentioned West Ham, they host Leicester after this, then go to Newcastle, then host West Brom. So if they fancy getting a couple of wins there, and they'll be in and around that stage, and it's it's important that they get get some more points on the board. But they've had a really good start. Yeah, I think their fans might be maybe expecting a shock here against you know a good a good West Ham side that are in form at the moment. But 
you look at Norwich's recent um, record in London, they haven't won any of their last 13 uh, Premier League away games in, in the capital, so they've really struggled on trips to the capital. Do you see them changing that here? It's difficult, isn't it? I think if they're going to change that, they'll need Wes Houlihan to be in good form. He's been in decent as formers in this season, had a hand in five goals in his last five league games for Norwich, one goal, four assists. He's been very good this season. Just worry about their lack of consistent goals going forward, but you know, recent games have been quite tight in terms of the scoreline, but I'm just going to edge with West Ham here. At home, they haven't been, they haven't been too impressive. Obviously, lost to Bournemouth, lost twice, lost to Leicester as well but I fancy West Ham to nick this 2-1 2-1 yeah I'm going to back the home side as well I think just West Ham I know they'll be disappointed um, going out in the League Cup in midweek but they'll have had an extra day's rest than Norwich and I think the way they look in the league when they've got the strongest side out they look really good at the moment so I'm going to go for a 3-1 home win so mostly West Ham winning this one On to Saturday evening's game at St James's Park as Newcastle United welcome Chelsea Pascal start with the visitors return to winning ways last time out in an incident field game against Arsenal yeah, it was an odd game, wasn't it? You know, especially I think most people, even though Arsenal were above Chelsea in the table, I think most people thought Chelsea. You know, especially Mourinho's general better record against Ving. I think most people would have picked Chelsea to win that game, and especially you know they beat Maccabi uh, Tel Aviv four in the Champions League uh, just the week before, so they got a bit more confidence there. But the game was certainly, like you say, full of incident, and none more so than that towards the end of the first half when Gabriel got himself sent off. Costa at the heart of it again. He's such a he's got to be the biggest wind up merchant in world football. The way I know he does it, and defenders, you know, surely managers drill it into their players. You know, in in the ga- in the days leading up to a game against Chelsea, do not let Costa get in get inside your head. But defenders let it happen, and the problem is since then, you know, the FA has decided to almost reverse what happened on the pitch. They've rescinded uh, Gabriel's three game ban, and now Costa's got a three game ban. So they're going to be without him here you know key striker for them because you know Falcao and Remy none of them's really done it for them but going back to the Arsenal game you know it was it was a fairly tight game Chelsea sort of knocking on the door for a little while and then once Gabriel got sent off uh, Zuma puts them ahead uh, with that you know decent header at the back post and then Hazard's goal was a big deflection so it's not like they really tore Arsenal apart you know they didn't create loads of great chances against them and certainly helped by the red card and then obviously Cazorla got sent off again in the second half so they were playing against nine men for a little while and you know, a 2-0 win against a team like Arsenal is a boost for their confidence because it had been a very very sluggish start to the season for them but certainly uh, not certainly the best type of 2-0 win especially now that they've lost Costa as well yeah, obviously without Costa, a bizarre, bizarre incident, isn't it? Obviously following Spanish football, football like I do, obviously I know a bit about Costa, you know, from his Vallecano days and he was always like that when he was on loan from Atletico and he was always had that bit of spark in him. But I think in the Premier League, he's taken it up a few notches, you know, he's, he's felt that he has to be more physical like that and if he gets away with it, then I could you say it worked, but in, in you know, the niceness of the game, is it's not great to see, is it? Especially in this day and age. But, you know, Chelsea as a whole, still sitting down in 15th in the table, you know, only outside the relegation zone. Well, they're four points outside, but only only three positions. But I think it was a real six-point weekend for Chelsea, wasn't it? If, if they'd have lost that game and the Manchester City had have beaten West Ham, obviously they lost it. It would have been certainly good night Vienna in terms of their title ambitions. And they've obviously, they're still going to have title ambitions. You know, obviously they're eight points behind Manchester City at this stage. They're only six points off United in second. And there's a hell of a lot, you know, 32 more games to play. So there's, there's a lot of points up for grabs. You know, looking ahead... Looking back, sorry, you know, the start to the season they had, you know, it was a very, very sluggish start, wasn't it? At home to Swansea, who played very well, got a point, and they got well beat at Manchester City. The next game for me was the interesting one against West Brom. West Brom missed a penalty in that game, didn't they? Chelsea won it 3 2, but they were very fortunate to win that game. Then they lost to Palace, lost at Everton before obviously beating Arsenal. So it's been a very poor start to the season. You know, only winning two of their opening six games for the defending champions it is not good at all, but. They're only, you know, you look at six place Everton on nine points, so Chelsea are only two points off that, and you think the title's, the table sorry is going to take shape in a few weeks, and you'd fancy them to be up, up on the end, and you know the top three, top four, but you know, Newcastle not in great form, but but Chelsea will, it'll still be a tough game for them, but they'll certainly fancy their chances of, of putting back to back wins on the board. Yeah, they certainly will. But if if you really think they're going to be in that top three, you know, come the end of the season, they've got to sort out the defence. It's, it's their biggest, biggest weakness this season. And they've conceded 12 goals uh, in their six games. Obviously, that's an average of two a game. Only Sunderland, you know, right down there, Sunderland have conceded more than Chelsea with 13. And the thing is, they're not, they're allowing their opponents to get too many shots away. They've, Chelsea have allowed more shots on target than anyone else in the league this season with 40 in their six games. So they're giving opponents loads of chances as well. You know they've conceded you know the second most in the league, but it could be more because they're giving these chances away to opponents to get shots on goal. And that's an area they have to sort out. You know the defense's problems has been documented well enough. Branislav Ivanovic especially been struggling this season. So so good for Chelsea the last sort of two three years, but he's really really struggled at right back this season. Just doesn't. Looks a completely different player, and 
he can't he can't you know last season it was a solid centre back pairing Terry and Cahill they're on the team sheet every week but he's he's been chopping and changing it this year Terry was the one dropped last week for Zuma to come in and Zuma helped keep a clean sheet and scored the goal as well so you'd probably expect him to keep his place will Cahill drop out this week or Terry again be on the bench be interesting to see but that's the area that they really have to sort out their defence because if they keep leaking goals and giving chances like this there's no way they'll be able to catch, catch City or United or anyone else that's up there no, they won't. You mentioned Chelsea's problems. I don't think there'll be much sympathy from Newcastle Woods. They've got serious problems of their own, sitting down in 19th at the moment. Poor enter last season. Only stayed up on the final weekend, didn't they? And sitting down there, only two points from their opening six games. Only only on goal. They're only knocked bottom because Sunderland, you know, that's the only saving grace that their massive rivals are under them in the table at the moment, sitting bottom. But only a one better goal difference of minus six. And to have a minus six goal difference after six games is, is quite an achievement. You know, it shows how much they've struggled in terms of scoring goals and I think the interesting game last time out wasn't it against against Watford who in fairness to Watford that they've had a good start to the season and it was Igalo wasn't it who, who got on the score sheet twice inside the opening 30 minutes great couple of goals wasn't it the link with Dini I think or Watford's been great and from a Newcastle point of view though more poor defending and Bemba back there and Colacini both struggled and, but you look at the Newcastle team and you, you just want more from them. You've got the players that got going forward. Wijnaldum is very good play. You know, Tovin's come in from French football. Sissoko's obviously a great player. Perez has got nice ability. But Cissé up front had a decent scoring record last season. But he hasn't offered anything in these few games. And they're obviously missing Mitrovic and that red card. You know, crazy, crazy player he's been in the opening few weeks of the season. But to lose at home to Watford it, it, it is poor when considering their recent form and sitting down in 19th in the table it's, it's gonna, it looks like it will be a tough season a tough season for the club even though they spent a lot of money in the summer yeah it certainly does and I think you, you compare you can compare Newcastle to Leicester in the sense that you look at how well Leicester have started the season that sort of if you go back to the end of last season they finished last season so so well Leicester and they've picked up where they've left off and it's been the same for Newcastle, but at the other end of the scale, you know, they've only won one of their last 17 Premier League games, you know, losing 13 of those. And I really thought that bringing in Steve McLaren might help them because on the whole, you know, he has had a good few years, McLaren, whether it be at Twente or with Derby, you know, but in terms of his recent record as well, McLaren, Derby really struggled at the end of last season. And you thought that maybe Derby, the way they missed out on the championship playoffs, you thought, would McLaren actually be the right man? Because he seemed to lose his touch with Derby a bit there and he's started the season really poorly with Newcastle here so it's Newcastle's overall form if you date back to last season McLaren's overall record if you date back to last season just both things look really poor for Newcastle at the moment and the way they're playing it's and you know like you talked about that Watford game there that's a side they should be beating at home a newly promoted side you know you look at Newcastle's players there is still some quality there and a newly promoted side like Watford who had a decent start but they've been there's been a lot of draws for Watford this season and they've hardly been dominating teams like they did Newcastle in point in, in parts of that game so poor on the whole for Newcastle McLaren's had a really bad start and at the moment it looks like they're going to struggle to get out of the bottom three it does look that way but you know there are some good news for Newcastle fans you know they've actually won the last three Premier League home games against Chelsea which I suppose is quite a surprise you know what's more Jose Mourinho has never won a Premier League game at St James's Park you know drawing twice losing three times I think that's even more surprising is it when you when you look about the quality and the difference between the two sides it's a big ask isn't it, for Newcastle to beat Chelsea at home a wounded Chelsea but they did return to winning ways last time out can you can you see Chelsea putting another three points on the board here uh, you have to pick Chelsea here I think I, I know the record says that Newcastle do do well against Chelsea at home but you have to pick the, 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 the away side here they should have too much even though the cost is not there the way Newcastle are playing at the moment Chelsea should have far too much of them here and I think it would just be a, a classic sort of Mourinho away 2-0 win 2-0 yeah I wouldn't disagree with that score I'm just going to go 1-0 Chelsea I think I think there's still there's still some issues there for me for Chelsea. They obviously beat Arsenal last time out, but they're still you know they they beat a nine man Arsenal. And it was one nil for long stages of that. You know not not too impressive when talking about overall. So I'm I'm going to go Chelsea. Going to just going to go one nil though. So we can both see Chelsea picking up all three points in this one. Okay, just the one game on Sunday this weekend, and it's Watford against Crystal Palace. Matt Watford, they're starting to find their feet and going for three successive top flight wins for the first time since 1987. That's a, that's a great statistic there, isn't it? Obviously back to back wins entering this game. Against Swansea uh, on the 12th of September, beat them 1-0 at home against the Swansea side, you know, who've gone well this season. We've got a very good team now and obviously went to Newcastle last time out. Newcastle not in great form themselves, but to go there and win away games in the Premier League are always tough. And to win 2-1 there is, is, was, was a really strong result. Six points from the last two. I think the stories have been a Galo, hasn't it, the last few games. He got all three goals in the last two games and... He's been such such in such good form, hasn't he, since going, going since arriving at Watford. He's got twenty goals in his last twenty four league games in two thousand and fifteen, which is more than any other player in the top top four tiers of English football. And I mean, I wasn't saying I was surprised by how well he's doing, but I mean, watching him closely when he was at Granada, he was there for for four seasons, and 
he did okay. You know, the, the goal scoring record was not particularly good. I mean, he, he hit six in thirty, four in twenty eight, five in twenty five. That was the sort of ratio. But uh, I mean, he's only twenty six years old, so he's obviously been been developing and start to the season. It he's been very strong. You know, he's got four league goals and. And just, you know, the, the partnership he's formed, you're going to go on to talk about Deeney, but the partnership he's formed up there, and I think his couple of goals against Newcastle, they were really good finishes as well, and he's leading the line really well. And if you're going to stay in the league this season with Watford, they have ambitions, obviously, to do that. You need you need your strikers in good form, and Igalo's certainly started the season like a house on fire. He certainly has, and yeah, you did mention Deeney there, and I have to say, Deeney, he's been sort of Watford's star man the last three seasons. You know, the, the last three seasons in the Championship, he got got above twenty goals in each of them. So he'd been really, you know, not not struggling to find the net at all. He has struggled this season to find the net. He's still yet to get his first goal in the Premier League, and I think certainly that stat doesn't read well for him. But just watching him and sort of the eye test with Deeney, he certainly does impress me in the Premier League. He looks like a Premier League striker, and. Even though he's not scoring the goals, he's certainly setting them up. You know, that pass he played for Igalo's second, the way he just threaded it in, he was perfectly weighted there. And he has got a very good partnership there. And he's he's the he's the captain of the team, he leads them out, he plays ninety minutes every week. He, so it's it's not like Flores is considering dropping him, even though he hasn't been finding the net, because he, he realises that he, he does a lot of good work off the ball, he runs hard and he certainly even though if he's not scoring the goals, he's setting them up and Watford now up to tenth in the league after those back-to-back wins, and things certainly certainly looking good for them as they are the other two promoted sides as well. You have to say all three have, have been coping pretty well this season. Yeah, they've, they've done really well since coming up. Obviously, specifically Watford. You know, they've been they've been good. But you talk about their home games this season. They've scored five goals in the league this season. Only one of those has come at home. Started with back-to-back goalless draws against West Brom and Southampton, which was uh, they're okay. And obviously beat Swansea uh, and they're. Game, last game before the Newcastle game which was you know picking up five points from your three home games is pretty good form but I think it'd be keen to certainly get on the on the score sheet at home I think it's interesting to see how the Dini and Igalo partnership works at home because teams are going to want to sit back against Watford more obviously when you go away from home the home t- the home team is forced to play out which allows space for, for Igalo and Dini but when they're the team forcing the issue so it remains to be seen whether they can really you know really push on and do that but it's certainly going to be an interesting interesting game yeah, it will be. And Palace, you know, they started the season so well, Palace, didn't they? They had a couple of great results. But recently, you know, they've lost back-to-back league games and games that if they really wanted to become like a top six contender, you know, games they might have wanted to get something from, defeats, you know, they, you know, the game against Manchester City in their penultimate game, penultimate league game, you know, they matched City in that game for long periods. They did have chances there and then they lost that uh, Ihe Nacho last-minute goal. So it was unfortunate there, but... Last time out, they go to Spurs, White Hart Lane, and Spurs have been struggling at home, you know, this season. They're not all that convincing there. So I think Pardew, especially given how good Palace tend to be on the road, that he would have gone there expecting a win, but they couldn't score and then fell to that um, Son Heung Ming goal. And uh, watching the goal back, you know, Alex McCarthy certainly he want to do better there. It should never have really crept through his legs there. And but I've seen the teammates; they've already backed him to respond, and he's he has generally impressed me this season, McCarthy, because it's his first chance really to become a first-team Premier League goalkeeper because, you know, last summer QPR signed him from Reading after he, he had such a good season in the Championship in um, 2013-14. I think he made more saves than any other goalkeeper. Really, really good for Reading. And then QPR signed him, but he just didn't really get a chance last season. And then, you know, Palace have given him a go this year. And since Spironi, you know, Spironi started the season injured, but it looks like McCarthy's now the number one keeper there because Spironi is getting a bit old now. And McCarthy, on the whole, has impressed me, but he should have done better with that uh, Son shot. And that was ultimately what cost them at White Hart Lane. Yeah, it certainly was, and I think it's a big game for Palace, isn't it? Obviously, they're away from you. You mentioned they've been better on the on the on the road, certainly the recent, obviously last season as well. And they've won 15 points the last seven Premier League away games, winning five of those, which is actually two more than one in their last 12 Premier League home games, which show which shows that there is obviously an issue at home. And well, I think when you scratch beneath the surface, it's not too difficult to realise why you know the amount of pace they've got going forward, and that that's important away from home. Whereas at home, teams are obviously going to when they're away, they're going to sit deeper. In the, on, on the pitch was obviously interesting. I think they've got to need to be a bit careful about their strikers. They haven't got a striker on the score sheet this season. Obviously, Bamford's gone there on loan, hasn't he? Hasn't scored yet in two. Connor Wickham's there, injured. Obviously, been injured. Hasn't scored in three. Shamak hasn't hasn't played. Dwight Gow has had two appearances off the bench. Hasn't scored. Obviously, Balassi is is their main threat, but he hasn't scored this season either. So Zaha's got one. Obviously, Kabaya coming into midfield. So they've got a really good really good base uh, squad there, but. They've got some tough games coming up as well. You know, West Brom, they play West Ham, Leicester. They've got some tough games coming up. and It's a big game to get back to winning ways. And uh, Alan Pardew will certainly be sending his team out for all three points. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, you, when you look at these two sides, they certainly come into this game completely contrasting form. Which way do you see it going? I think I think it's going to be a draw, this one. I think, let's say, Watford have been not exactly hitting the goals, finding the goals too easy to come by at home. And Palace are pretty good on the road. So difficult to separate. I'm just going to go 1-1 for this one. 
Yeah, I, I think Palace, I know last time out against Spurs, they weren't that great on the road, but I really think they might just get the better of Watford. I'm going to go for a 2-1 away win. So we've got one draw and a Palace win. On to our last game on Monday evening. Takes place at the Hawthorns as West Brom and Jalby and welcome Everton. Pascal, start with the visitors. Been a decent start to the season in the league and also got through in the third round of the FA Cup, oh, the League Cup, sorry, on, on Tuesday. Yeah, they've only had one defeat all season and that was a home to Manchester City, wasn't it? So that was that was a tough game in itself. And yeah, you look at their run, like you mentioned the midweek there, they went to Reading, championship side, who have been in decent form recently and Reading took the lead in that game, you know, and Everton did well to come back there. Barkley on the score sheet again and he's had a hand in five goals in his six Premier League appearances this season. So he's performing in the league and the cup. That goal against Reading was a really good strike on the volley as well. So he's impressing me and certainly their last time out in the league when they played Swansea it was a 0-0 draw at Swansea which you know Everton fans watching it back they might have thought they could have won that game because especially in the second half they had a lot of chances they really did play quite well in the second half and Barkley was the main reason for that he's really standing out and I saw Roberto Martinez was saying after the Reading game last night he really thinks that Barkley's gone to a different level this season he thinks he's showing uh, a lot more maturity and you can certainly see that in his play because Last season, Barkley went off the boil a bit. And then even in pre-season, I saw a couple of Everton's pre-season games and Barkley was just giving away silly passes and just didn't look like he was really that bothered at all. But he certainly seems to put that right. He looks really on the ball this season and he's playing really well, whereas some of the players around him haven't quite been at their best. So on the whole, it's been a really good start for Everton. And a goal draw at Swansea last time wasn't too bad. And generally, they are playing pretty well. Yeah, it's been a really good start to the season. It obviously lost, started with a fairly underwhelming draw against against Watford, but then went to Southampton actually took them apart didn't they on the on 15th of August played really well won 3-0 lost at home to Manchester City who played really well on the day but two of the last three have, have been draws and I think goals maybe a slight problem not scored in the last three of the last four in the league so I think that's maybe a little statistic Roberto Martinez will be keen to keen to change and you look at their it's been a tough start in terms of fixtures wise about playing City Spurs and Swansea tough games going to Swansea and the next few games are, are, are very tough as well obviously host West Brom here and then it's the big Merseyside derby start of October home to Liverpool on October 4th then we have the international break and straight back into the action they welcome Manchester United who you know at that stage obviously sitting second at the moment could have another w- couple of wins by then then they go to Everton the week after so it's, it's a t- sorry go to Arsenal the week after which is an, another very tough game and they have Sunderland at home after that so if they can get through the next four fixtures maybe with you know, one defeat in there, maybe a couple of wins in a draw. I think that'd be a very good start to the season. Sitting up in sixth at the moment, Everton. So it, it, things are looking well, but I think it'd be keen to so obviously if they go another game without scoring, that becomes maybe a little bit of an issue. But it's, it's been an over a, a good start to the season overall. Yeah, it certainly has been. And defensively is where they've really impressed me. You know, especially John Stones. You know, there's so much pressure on him. The performances that he's going to put in this season after all that interest from Chelsea. But he has been playing really well. The one concern for uh, Everton is that he did seem to limp off against Reading last night, although. Martinez has said that it's not serious and he should probably be fit for the weekend but look at Everton's recent um, defensive performances especially on the road they haven't actually conceded on the road once this season you know there was that 3-0 win at Southampton then goalless draws at Spurs and Swansea and that's that's a tough first three away games there Southampton, Spurs and Swansea you know I think they're, they're all top eight sides from last season so really really tough fixtures there and they haven't let in a goal in any of those and you know, if, if they if they make it four clean sheets in a row away from home in this game, it'll be the first time since um, in 20 years. August 1995 was the last time they kept four clean sheets in a row away from home. So they've really, really done well away from home. It's just like you mentioned there, the goals is just where they need to sort out their issues. Because in the Southampton game, they scored goals really well in that game. But the last two away games, Spurs and Swansea, haven't been able to quite break down the hosts. And that's where they just, if they really want to become maybe a top four contender this year, because they, I could you could argue that maybe they might be able to sneak in there that if they really want to do that they've just got to start scoring a few more goals they've got to start scoring a few more goals that'd be very difficult wouldn't it against West Brom side that's kept three clean sheets in a row in the Premier League you know very Tony Pulis like being able to do that Johnny Evans coming from Manchester United has formed a decent partnership in there you know played, played with McCauley uh, up at Villa and last game against Villa like I mentioned with the 1-0 win it was a, a very good obviously victory to go there to their, their rivals and pick up all three points and it had to be Berahino didn't it getting on the score sheet you know he's been, it's not been a good few weeks for him all the, all the stuff on Twitter he said he'd never play for the club again moved to Spurs broke down and all that stuff but you know he came he came back into the team and got the goal and I think if he continues to score goals from now till January some fans won't forgive him but, but a lot of people will because goals are ultimately you know are the most important thing in football and that's that's what will get them points get them up the table so that's obviously a big thing for them and Rondon as well come in as well in the transfer window. I think he's a good player. He's a good focal point up there for them. And look throughout the team, they they got a good team. You know, you forget Lambert's gone there as well. Can't get the team at the moment. You know, Serge Gnabry's there from Arsenal on loan. They've they've got some good players going forward. But 
Yeah, they're good at the back, but uh, I think the fans would probably like to see a few more goals, that's for certain. But uh, at home to Everton, they might fancy their chances of uh, picking up another win here. Yeah, I think you said there that you know goals the most important thing in football. I think certainly Tony Pulis, he, he probably would agree with you there, but he might think that maybe defensive stability is right up there with how important it is. And like I said, clean sheets have been the order of the day recently for West Brom because at the start of the season they did struggle at the back. You know, their first two home games were Manchester City and Chelsea, and they conceded six goals in those first two. You know, that was not a good start to the season, but since then they've really seemed to sort out the issues. And like you say, Evans looks a very astute signing at the back there. And I look, at, I look at their fixtures coming up. We've talked a lot today about how difficult a lot of sides, their runs coming up. But when I look at West Brom's fixtures, you'd probably say that, that they'd be fancying maybe moving up the table. You know, Everton at home here, Palace away in the next one because we know that Palace tend not to be as good at home as they are away from home. And then after that, they've got Sunderland, Norwich, Leicester at home. So the fixtures, they do look kinder for West Brom. And if Berahino is coming back and he's he's much happier, you've talked about Rondon, I also agree. I think he could be a, certainly a very good signing for them. And, I don't. Not much of West Brom's side necessarily excites me, but I'd certainly think that you know they they now that they're looking more stable at the back, and if Berahino's coming back, they certainly they seem to have a side that's probably not going to be in a relegation scrap this year and looks fairly safe for say a mid-table finish. Mm. Yeah, so we're going to be a, a very interesting game this one. West Brom have actually failed to win and they're against the Toffees in their last five Premier League encounters, so not great form in terms of the recent meetings between the two sides and the two teams met at a similar stage of last season in the corresponding match and Everton won 2-0 I remember the game they played, they played very well in that game so West Brom be keen to uh, to get some you could say some revenge in this one Monday night's game in the Premier League what was your score prediction? Uh, yeah I'm going to side with Everton here you talked about West Brom they haven't got a great record against them recently and I think well we talked enough uh, already about how good defensively these two sides have been in recent weeks so it would be a surprise to see a goal fest in this one I'm just going to back Everton to just nick it 1-0 1-0 I can actually see a few more goals in this one I think you know West Brom I say the clean sheets have been pretty good but Everton have got good players going forward and, and so have West Brom so I'm actually going to go for a fairly surprising 2-2 draw here so we've got one win for Everton and a 2-2 draw so that's all 10 games covered for this weekend. Thanks for listening. Make sure you head over to sportsmold.co.uk for live commentary of every single game, match reports, reaction, analysis, and all the like. We'll be back at the same time next week. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.